the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a blessed life. And what does that really mean anyway? I shared in the introduction that it's not necessarily about who has the most toys or the most power or the best job or or any of those kinds of things like that. Those are byproducts of those things. And sometimes we focus more on the byproducts than what it really means to walk in the favor of God. To give one's life to God is a blessing. And God honors that and gives us so much more than we could ever give him. This series was designed in part to remind us of the things that we all do here and just the simple but very measurable expectations that we have of one another so that when we come here, when we come together, there are some things that we want uh, uh, everyone to do. We want everyone to, to serve. We talked about that last week. We want everyone to, to be here and to be together. Worship, we're talking about that today. Next week, we're talking about uh, being together in a different context, and that's uh, uh, learning more about one another in some life groups and small group ministries. And of course, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the blessing of giving, giving, serving, being here, and then being together. Those simple, measurable things that we talked about. Why are we doing that? Because as I've said, uh, our entire purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus, to introduce people to Jesus, and to help one another to follow him more closely. Why? Because we believe when we do that individually, there are blessings. There are measurable, visible, tangible blessings that come into our lives. In the beginning, we might do those things to give, to serve, to be here, and to be together to, just so that we get the blessings. I understand that, but that's the shortest of motivations. The best in the long run is just to see how good God is. That's why we sang the songs that we did today, and John led us in, in those powerful uh, statements of worship and remembering how good he is. Today, it's blessed for being here. Blessed to be here. It's a a traditional thing, but yet it's more than that. It's a habit thing, but it's more than that. It's a routine, but it's more than that. Because if it's only tradition, if it's only habit, if it's only routine... Before too long, you'll find another routine. Before too long, you'll replace this habit with something else. And that's the best option. The worst option is that this routine and this habit feeds no part of you. And you don't follow him more closely, you just warm a seat. And your heart and your soul become increasingly less active and lead to spiritual mortality because there's just nothing going on between you and God. That's why Sunday morning and being together, it's not just 
Uh, as I said before, it's not a spiritual quid pro quo. It's not, I'm going to come here, God, so that you can take care of me because I'm doing my part. Now, God, you have to do your part. No, it's, we don't have to be here. We get to. That's the purpose. We said before that um, uh, when it comes to giving, a heart of generosity is the key there. And when it came to serving, it was a heart of humility that was on it there. So this morning when we talk about worship, the key to a blessed life regarding worship is a heart of authenticity. A heart of authenticity. There's a really, frankly, it's a bizarre story that we find in the beginning of the Gospels. Those are the, the books in the, in the New Testament that tell the story of Jesus' life and ministry here. And it's, it's actually a fascinating story of an, of an interaction between Jesus and Satan himself. And Satan challenges him. He, he does not pull one punch. And you might think it was some kind of a Sylvester Stallone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, knockdown, drag out. It actually was nothing like that at all. It was a battle of will. It was a spiritual battle of will. And there's an interesting, uh, there, there are multiple challenges there, but the, well, there's one that I want to talk about with you that'll give us the understanding of this heart of authenticity and worship. Matthew chapter 4, the 8th through the 10th verses. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, away from me. Away from me, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, when I first uh, read those stories uh, years and years ago, I, thought, I always thought that that was kind of a weird one. I, it, just, uh, it didn't seem like Satan was asking too much, really. It seemed like he was going to give a whole lot more than he was going to get. So what was the big deal? That's what I want to kind of focus on is this, this heart of authenticity and why when we are here together, there's a significant moment and a, a significant exchange that's taking place. And God sees that in any, every one of us and he sees the real part of it here. Because uh, the first thing I want to share with you this morning, when it's all said and done, worshiping someone or something other than God removes the blessing. Worshiping something or someone other than God just takes the blessing completely away. That's why there are times when we can come into this room or any room that is meant for worship like this, and if, and, and if it's anything less than genuine, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. You're just not. It's going to be as empty as an old milk carton. It's just, it's just not there. Did you hear what Satan said? Did you pick up on this trade? All this. Now, I don't know what, uh, what all that meant, but I have a feeling it was, it was substantive. All this 
I'll give you if you bow down and worship me. That's not worship, that's bribery. God does not come to you and me and say, uh, oh man, it's Sunday, it's eight o'clock in the morning, I'll tell you what. I've got a few extra things here that I'm not necessarily using right now. I'll give these to you if you'll come to church this morning. How about we, how about we trade? I'll, I'll give you a little bit of stuff and you give me a little bit of your time. You, don't, you and I don't see that anywhere. That, that, that's when, that's when, <clears throat> when those kinds of things are, are, in, are in our minds and in our hearts, that's where the blessing is just pointless. It's not like that at all. If worship comes from a place of guilt, well, you know, and, and this is something, I have to be here, but I've done something wrong. Uh, I've done something I shouldn't have done. I, maybe I'll come back in. I'll come in here, and, and I'll, I'll just be here for a little bit, and I'll, I'll balance up the scales. I, I did this that I shouldn't have done. I'll come to church, and I'll do something that I should do, and that way the scales will be balanced again, right? If worship comes to a place of guilt, then it's empty. Anytime worship is incorrectly applied to someone or something other than God, it's just empty. Mark chapter 7 kind of picks up on this. Jesus is having an interesting discussion with the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. There's lots of stuff. There's lots of stuff. I can remember growing up, when I, when I was growing up in church, it, it was a whole lot different than it is now. There's lots of stuff that I can remember doing and, and thinking, why, why are we doing that? I asked one of the gentlemen one time. He said, I don't know. So I asked my dad, preacher. He said, because. It's Father's Day. You're allowed to say Because. Is that it? Is that all that's left? There's, there's got to be more. You see, when we're singing the songs that we're, we're, that we're talking about, and when John was rightly uh, introducing to you and to me the, the concept of how the altar has been satisfied, but yet we still bring ourselves emotionally, intellectually, spiritually speaking, we bring ourselves before God. And when that happens, there's, there's strength there. Why? Because when it's all said and done, worshiping one who is worthy is the blessing. That's, that's where it really happens. Anytime we worship something other, someone or something other, then the blessing is just removed. It's, it's taken away. But when we honor God, you go, take up, uh, you can pull your phones up right now. Just go to uh, uh, any kind of dictionary, and generally speaking, any definition you look up for worship, it's going to be really in a religious context. 
So anytime we begin to give the things that rightly belong to God to someone or something else, it's empty. It doesn't work that way at all. The real blessing comes from worshiping God and Him, period. He's the only one that can give you hope. He's the only one that's given us life. Those are pretty high marks. That's why when we worship here, it really is an audience of one. I know that you guys have heard that phrase before, but it's an audience of one. We're coming before him in this weird but yet wonderful way that we're all doing it individually and yet we're all doing it together. And when I hear you guys sing, I'm encouraged. It makes me want to sing more. When I hear people pray, I'm, I'm encouraged. And, and, and then there are thoughts that you have shared, and then I share those things with God. And then the, hopefully there are things that I've sh- I'm sharing even now that you're thinking, you know what, I, maybe I, I, I just needed to be reminded of that. Or maybe I never thought about it like that before. Oh, we're all working together, and yet we're all coming before an audience of one. And that's why when we honor God with our worship, there's worthiness there. Jesus did not respond by saying, I can't worship you, because Jesus knew that all men everywhere, all people everywhere, can worship whatever or whomever they want. He did not respond by saying, I can't worship. He rightly responded by saying, worship the Lord and serve him only. Jesus has an interesting discussion in John chapter 4 with a woman that he met at the well. And um, <clears throat> the discussion doesn't go too far into different things before uh, he just lets her know that he really does know her uh, rather well and that um, notwithstanding the discussion that they're having on spiritual matters, her life needs some help. So she changes it to uh, a, a simple uh, argument that no one can win. You know those arguments. Who'd you vote for? You know, those kinds of arguments. Um, where, where, where do you go to church? Those kind of arguments that sometimes are brought up not necessarily to answer a question, but just to muddy the waters. And she says, yeah, I know you Jewish guys, you like to worship down in Jerusalem, but we worship up on this mountain. Jesus is rather subtle. He says, you worship what you don't know. And then he says this, there's a time that's coming. In fact, let me just read it to you real uh, real quickly here. But a new time is coming, John chapter 4, verse 23. A new time is coming. In fact, it's already here. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and And in truth, and here's the best line, they're the kind of worshipers the Father is looking for. What's that mean, Shan? Well, it's not nearly as sophisticated or as mysterious as one might propose. True worshipers in spirit, worshiping God in the way that he can be worshiped, Worshiping in ways that he, uh, worshiping ways that allows the connection that God Himself uh, took care of uh, when we pray 
together, when we pray by ourselves, when we sing to him and we study the things that he wants us to learn, those ways in which we really are connectable. When I do read from scriptures, when you read from the scriptures, when you have a prayer time and not just Sunday morning after 1030, it's, it's Tuesday at lunch, it's Wednesday night when you're worried about something and you can't sleep, it's, it's Friday morning when you're going to meet a friend that you haven't had a, a, a healthy discussion with in a while and something's come up and, and you don't know how this is all going to go, but you need God's wisdom and understanding and, and, and it's all those kinds of things. It's when we get together with our family, even sometimes when we don't want to get together with our family, it's when we're worried about a job, it's when we're worried about paychecks, it's when we're worried about all different kinds of things, it's when we're praying for our kids who are far away and when we're praying for family members who don't know Jesus and a whole bunch of those things all together that's worshiping in spirit guys it's connecting with him in ways that he can be connected with and in truth I think this is the most sobering of all of it it means honoring God for who he is and you honoring God for who he knows you to be, not someone you're not. Coming before God honestly, not trying to exchange what happened last night for 60 minutes of this morning, but honestly saying, God, I'm trying so hard. God, thank you so much Thank you for loving me, even me right now. Thank you for helping me. There are times, God, when I tell you that I I really do want your help, and then I leave here, and I ignore it when you give it to me, and I'm dumb when I do it, and I'm sorry, but I'm trying the best that I can. God, I'm a, I'm a dad, and, and, and my kids are, are getting older, and, and, and sometimes we make decisions, and I'm more nervous about that, and I trust you, but honestly, God, sometimes I'm still nervous. I place them before you, but I'm still nervous about it. I worry about them, even though you tell me that I shouldn't worry and that I should put them in your hands, and I do, but God, I still worry, and I'm being honest, Lord. It's as truthful as I can get. Sometimes, God, I'm, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why little kids get sick or, or, or people that I know are, get hurt or, or, or families break up or people who know better make bad decisions and, God, I don't get it and sometimes I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I come to you with all these things because you know me and you know how I think. And God, there are people that I know that need you. And sometimes I know I should say something to them, but I'm too nervous and and, and I think that they're just going to ignore me and I don't want to be rejected. But I forget sometimes that they're not just rejecting me, they're rejecting you as well. And I don't want them to, but I need to tell them and I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. And God, I'm bringing all this before you because you're God and I'm not. And I'm laying it out here, all my burdens. I'm laying them at your feet because this is how I'm coming to you. This is worshiping in spirit and in truth. It doesn't always have to be verbalized, but it has to be real. It doesn't have to be written down in fancy letters, but God knows it's written here. And so it doesn't matter how pretty or good-looking, we get dressed up. When we take it all off, it's that bare heart 
It's that authentic, real, redeemed child of God that wants to see you for who you really are and with open arms is welcoming you as you really are because that, friends, is when God gets busy. That's when things start to happen. That's when prayers, measurable prayers are answered, sometimes not the way that we ask for, but always in the best way that God can respond. Sometimes not in the timing that we're urgent for, but always in the best timing that God can give. Psalm 73 is one of my favorites. Not, it's, I, it's not up there because I, I just want to say Shan's paraphrase version to you. It starts out by saying how good God is. And then it goes to, after about three or four sentences, it goes to a section that's, that I like to entitle Whining. I like it when the Psalms have verses like that because to me it's honest. It's real. It's saying, God, I don't get this. God, I don't understand. God, this doesn't make sense to me. And then there's an aha moment. So in Shan's paraphrase version, Psalm 73 goes something like this God, you are awesome. You are amazing. You take care of so much, and I want you to know that I'm really, really thankful. But God, it hasn't always been that way. In fact, sometimes, rather than being thankful, I would complain. I would complain because I would look around and I would see people who don't know you, and they seem to be doing better than the people who do, than me. In fact, sometimes I would worry about it so much that I wouldn't really worship honestly. I would worship, rather, I would sit there and just complain. And I would hear songs about open up the heavens, but I'm saying, no, right now I really don't. Because I'm mad. And I'm selfish. And I'm foolish. Because I keep, keep forgetting how good you are. I forget how good you are because I see the wicked who are blessed. And I see the good who aren't blessed. And none of it made sense to me. None of it would make sense to me at all until I came to the house of God. And I would sing. And I would pray. And I'd be reminded that you see all things at the same time. And just because I only see part of what the wicked do, and only part of what the good do, you see everything. And you always even it out. In fact, God, you're better than that. You don't just even it out. You give above and beyond. You give so well and so good that I forget what's in store for the wicked. And I remember all the blessings of the good. 
It makes me not want when I when I want to do things I shouldn't do. I'm remember I remember the good things that you do, and I say no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bring harm to myself, and more importantly, I'm not going to dishonor God because God is so good. I forgot. Sometimes I forget from Sunday to Sunday. You guys ever have that problem? Sunday's great, but Monday's always a... Right? Then comes Tuesday. And by Wednesday, sometimes I get numb. Thursday, I'm just kind of waiting. And Sunday morning comes. I think about how good God is. I think about what he's done for my kids, for Leslie, for my family. And I just want to sing, open up the heavens. God, I've got things I want to tell you. I've got things I want to tell you that I want everyone else to hear. Because God is so good. Every once in a while, Satan will come to me. And he'll say, you remember? You remember what that guy said to you? Yeah, I do, but I'm not going to do that. Because God's been so much better. Oh, okay. You don't remember what that guy said to you. Do you want to remember what happened that little long one? You, you want to talk about God. You remember what you did? When you said God was so good, but... You didn't really honor him with what you thought and what you said. I know. But Jesus took care of that for me. He took all my stupidity, all my foolishness, all my junk. He just took it away. Took all my trash, all my filth, and he gave me hope. He forgave me gave me joy you know what that makes me want to do sing smile be grateful because the way that I measure it out there's only one person worthy of worship and that's God And God accepts worship from real people with real hearts. And he gives them real hope and real joy. God, thank you so much. Forgive us, Lord, when we worship things that frankly aren't worth it. We worship homes and paychecks. We worship sports teams and all kinds of stuff. But only you are worthy of the worship that we can give from our hearts. Only you give the hope of heaven. Only you give the joy of life on top of that hope of heaven. And so as we come today, Father, we just want you to know we're really thankful. We enjoy singing to you. 
We enjoy letting you know the things that burden us. And when we unload our burdens, the freedom and the hope that we have that comes from being with you. Oh God, it just gives us strength that just lasts for days. So God, in spirit and in truth, we want you to know how grateful we are, how high we lift you up. For you truly are the only one worthy of our worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.